personal, personal, interpersonal relationship. How cute. Welcome to Your Radical Being. This is Fiona Renee. Summer Porlacani. And uh, we hope that sharing our radical beings will inspire your radical being. Um, Summer's wearing a really cute top today. Sexuality is everything. I didn't realize that that's what we're about to talk about. Like I just put it on. (laughs) I'm not thinking about what we were going to say tonight. Yeah, because Uh, last week we discussed sexuality being the topic of the episode and there was just too much to say. You know, we didn't even get to our personal dark intimate. How to get there. We didn't actually get there. Yeah, uh, I do want to say that this shirt is uh, made by my colleague, Moon Tower Counseling. I don't even know if it's an underscore or if it's just the whole name, but I will put it in our caption, like how to find Adam Marr who made this t-shirt. So Cute. It's very cute. Um, it's like the school of rock. Yeah. yeah very cute. Um, the summer's wearing that. Wearing oh, I'm wearing... What is this? I don't even know. Hold on. You don't know what the band Poison is? I couldn't read it. But yes, Come on. No, it's a Poison band shirt uh, and a baseball cap that you're wearing backwards with more beach hair, I assume. Yeah. You know, I'm in Hawaii now, so I just got nonstop beach hair. Um, like your hair is always dirty and my hair is always way too clean and it looks so frizzy when we record. People have gotten Gosh. used to it by now. We're on episode five. They're all used to it. We're not impressing anybody anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking cute. So I want to talk about like, (laughs) we kind of dipped into vanilla last week and the differences between kink and vanilla and poly and monogamous pan and all of these things that really kind of like help us identify our sexuality and our sexual um, orientations. I guess it's not allowed to say preferences anymore. I have my own views on that because chocolate and vanilla are for me preferences, but we will talk about it summer tell me what what do you think is um as a sex therapist what has been the most common question that you have received or maybe a common problem that you have encountered with with my niche specifically being uh you know kind of the more alternative sexual stuff right so i often have a lot of couples that are like established relationships right that want to open up their relationship and their question is like can we be poly after being monogamous like that being kind of the more common question um I think that I've received in my line of work and um my answer is not that we like you know whether someone can or can't be poly it's a matter of like can you unlearn the toxic stuff you've learned in monogamy and then like going from there toxic monogamy Mm. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. So we just got to unlearn that. And then, you know, then it's again preference, right? (laughs) So. So what, what about going back? What about going back from poly to monogamous? Is that a thing? Uh, That's not a thing that I often have worked with, but I mean, people open and close their relationships or their poly, but monogamous, you know, like belief versus practice. Ah. Right. So in my marriage, whenever we started with an open marriage and then in that I was like, oh shit, I think I'm poly. You know, I, I had a monogamous husband. And so, um, and he, he, you know, stayed with me for like two and a half years while I explored the poly world and like realized it was truly poly. And, um, and so he even dated, 
by the time that we separated, he had a girlfriend as someone who was monogamous. So I always say like he practiced poly, but he just really wasn't poly. And that yeah. really why we we didn't stay together. So I love this concept of what is your belief versus what is your practice. Um, right. For me, I always, my last long-term relationship was in 2017 to 2018. Mm-hmm. And Do you like and, that I'm confirming your relationship? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know more than me. Um, <laughs> she keeps dibs on me. And at the time I was really, uh, playing around with the concept of polyamory and really th- believing that that's what I found to be more true, that that's what I believed in. But over yeah. the past couple of years, what I've come to realize is that it's just too difficult for me to practice, that yeah. I believe yeah. in polyamory, that I think that that is what's right for people or for me at least. Yeah. But I am too busy and too, I don't know, conflicted with, you know, commitment is a thing. So being committed to more than one person is just time consuming and difficult. And so although my belief is polyamorous, my practice is monogamous. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So- Like, uh, I compare it to religion, right? Like you can be religious and like not go to church every Sunday or temple, you know, like, it's Mm -hmm. just like, you don't have to do all the things you can celebrate just during the holidays. Like, so, you know, you could have, you could be in a monogamous relationship or really like believe in the poly mindset of like, you can love multiple people, but then you could also in that monogamous relationship be monogamous and like maybe occasionally have a threesome with your partner, you know, it's like, it's, it's all fluid, baby. We talked about the spectrum. Yes, it's so fluid. Yeah. And so I wonder, you know, I wonder if uh, the viewers would like to hear or the listeners would like to hear kind of some of our experiences in discovering these things about ourselves. I know that my my bout with sexuality, I lost my virginity at 13, you guys. So a boy at that point, like, I'm <laughs> sorry, what did you just say? I I don't think I was I think I was 13 or 14 like it was definitely like the end of the eighth grade school year where I pecked somebody for the first time I didn't even make out with anyone until I was a sophomore in high school and you had already had sex and I was over here like writing in my journal after my first peck and being like oh. I um I pushed Randy I can't remember his last name but I pushed Randy down on the playground in, in kindergarten and gave him a sloppy one on the mouth and then got in a lot of trouble because Randy did not consent to that oh sloppy no, kiss. Kindergarten sloppy kisses. Yeah, non-consensual. I was a bully, obviously. I'm, I wasn't a full-time bully. I got bullied a lot and then I took it out on other people. Um, so Dude. yeah, I lost it early. And I kind of say that I lost it multiple times, mm. you know? Okay. Uh yeah. Being 13 years old, I didn't really know my own abilities to consent. Um, I talk about multiple, like, well, I do also want to at one point talk about how virginity is just bullshit, right? I mentioned that in the last episode, but it's like the idea of someone who's only had sex whenever they've been on substances and then someone who has sober sex for the first time. Like, that's that's a whole new way of having sex. So, yeah, and I think that's what it was. I I lost my my sober virginity after I lost my non sober virginity. Um, all the virginities, you know, and yeah. it was really interesting how I now look back on my sexual growth and all of the things that I maybe w- was once into things that turned me on 10 years ago that no longer turned me on and how that parallels with my relationship with myself and how that, 
you know, what my kinks have changed from and to. Um, So I wonder, have you had an experience? We've just totally switched places. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm vanilla, boring. What happened to me? Am I fun still? I sucked it out of you. I was like an Ariel and you're like an Ursula and you just sucked all the fun out of me. Uh, Ursula could be hot. Yeah. Ursula's hot. Ursula's hot. She's a bad bitch. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Tentacle porn. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when was it that you kind of switched into your explorative kinky self? Well, um, my sexual debut, which is what we've decided is going to be uh, the new the term, right? Like it's it's going to replace that. My sexual debut was at 16 and uh, I like so many others thought I was going to wait until marriage. And so whenever I had sex with my high school partner, I was like, this is clearly the only person I'm going to have sex with. That's all, you know? And so like, <laughs> there's a lot of my uh, early twenties, like 1920 timeframe, right? that I was just like, once that relationship was over, I was like, what do I do now? Like, what am I a three date person? Like, when is it okay for me to have sex? And like, what am I open to? And like, you know, am I just going to find the actual person for me the rest of my life? So it's like, the, who is that person? Like that, that was me <laughs> like 19. And then I met my husband at 20 and it was uh, five years into our 10 year relationship that we like officially opened our marriage. And it was actually right after we got engaged, like three, two years in, three years in, I was very young when I got married. Um, we were both very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was right after we got engaged that I had that like Monica Geller moment from friends where she was just like, is this the only person I'm going to have sex with for the rest of my life? <laughs> like, so just the idea of like hall passes or just like sleeping with friends of friends, like no one too close. Like that was kind of introduced in our world. And it was actually through reading a blog about open marriage by a woman named Sadie in Austin, who is the co-founder of Bedpost Confessions, which is now my church, right? Like I didn't even know what an open marriage was until I heard about her blog through my husband who had heard her on the radio. So it was just like, life is just this weird tangled web of like people and experiences and moments and time that I love that in 2009, like I was in college when he heard this Jason and Deb interview, I think it was with Sadie talking about her open marriage on her blog spot. And then like me reading her book in graduate school and then like graduating being like, all right, what's going to be my niche? And it was based on the reading from that book that I was like, how about like BDSM and non-monogamy? And then like started exploring that same thing myself as mm-hmm. I was getting into it with work. So it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been a me. journey. Yeah. Because before, I mean, when I met you, I smoked cigarettes and drove a motorcycle and slept with a lot of older men and did a lot of bad things. And you were a very clean individual. I feel like you have no idea how we ended up friends. (laughs) Well, I think we admired. I think the opposite attract thing is real where we admired. I admired you and your ability to be kind of a, a good person. Right. I wanted to know what that was like you've never told me this like, yeah, uh, I like why were you my friend in high school <laughs> because you were very smart you were very articulate you were very good and you had fear yeah and i was the opposite i was a bad mouth smart mouthed fearless asshole and yeah. so i wanted to know what it was like i admired that exactly Not the asshole part but like the fact that you were just like you were confident as someone who wasn't a freaking adult yet right like when i when we met the first time I was 
terrified of you. But then like the second time was just a little mortified when you didn't remember me. But the third time when it really stuck, like I admired you as well. And it was like the fact that you were just like confident, you know, and like, you know, and that's funny because what is true confidence is true confidence being able to share when you're scared or is true confidence, the ability to hide your fear. What is it? Because when I was younger, I was hiding how scared I was all the time. And people were like, wow, she's so confident. But realistically, I was being what I think is a pussy, which is, oh, you can't show oh, me that you're scared. Are strong. Let's, oh, let's, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, let's just what? talk about how they're the strongest fucking thing in the world. Right? You're very right. You're very right. Yeah. Let me correct my language. Um, yeah. I thought that I was being weak. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. By showing fear. And realistically, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, hold on. The bravest person in the room is the person that's able to say they're scared. Yeah, um, it's a little different. Fear quote. Yeah. yeah, that is what I liked about you. So we were just like opposites in that for sure. And, and now we have switched. Summer's a dirty little bitch, and I am just this. I'm an angel, y'all. I'm an angel now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I basically have to like like talk you out of talking yourself out of things. Where you're like, is it all right that I like am into this? Is it okay that I like want to do this with this person that I just met? And I'm like, yes, yes, of course it's okay. Everything's all right. Like whatever you want. So yeah, <laughs> it is like, crazy how we change fluidity. Yeah. We're on that spectrum, bro. I think now I I've noticed that I, you know, the thing I used to really, really be into um, some pretty heavy physical abuse during sex. Like I mean, style, like being thrown around like a ragdoll. Yeah. And also like punch me in the face, punch me in the face, fish hook my mouth, smack me around, tell me you hate me, choke me out throw me against the wall. I mean, it was abusive. I really want to say something that I think is the wildest thing you've ever done, but it was not in the list of things you just said. Oh, go on. It's, uh, I don't know. Oh yeah. The gun. Yes, I was like, finger gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a partner put a gun in me. Yeah. Because I thought that was cool. I remember being so freaked out when you told me that. I was like, I would never. (laughs) Right? And now I would never. Yeah. But you. I I would still. I know. Fake gun. Fake gun. There's still a lot of things that I think I've done that you would have been like, "Mm -mm, no. Like, you joined me at a kink party one time and I was doing the thing that I was like most afraid of. Summer. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I have videos of it. I got proof, you guys. I videotaped <laughs> I that shit. I um, definitely use a sign for anyone who's watching. Oh, yes, please. I think I think we should have put that sign up a long time ago. Uh, but do you want to read it for our viewers? <laughs> the, uh, this podcast contains mature language and themes, so please use discretion around children, seniors, and judgy people. Thank you and cheers. Summer, you know is a very delicate human being. She's like 105 pounds. And, um, you no, know, wait, I re- it doesn't matter. I, I, do you're, you're tiny and delicate. Right? Okay. Yeah. You're a delicate human. There's been a numerous amount of times where I've had to pick something up because summer couldn't pick it up. And so I am very weak. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a delicate okay. thing. But delicate so, in the sense that you've seen someone carry me over mud when we were going to go tubing, right? Yeah. Like she couldn't handle the mud. Yeah. Um, like there are a lot but, of things can't handle. <laughs> you were able to handle numerous needles shoved through your body. You know, not only was it like acupuncture where you just put a needle in your body, you were getting like 20 piercings. 
It was intense. The person I did it with uh, is is actually like a tattoo or works in a tattoo shop, is a piercer and has been for over 20 years. So I was like, yes, like my partner was going to do it. And then they didn't go to the party that we were all at. And then um, so I asked this friend, but I was like, oh, yeah, of course, the like professional piercer. Let's see if they're up for it. And so I thought that they would go easy on me, but they didn't. <laughs> so fucking painful but like I'm really into edge play I'm really into doing the things that I'm scared of and so like 10 years ago before a lot of health problems exposed me to a lot of needles and through like exposure I didn't cry at the at the mention of needles right but like 10 years ago I was still like bawling if anyone even talked about needles yeah now it's like yeah please shove one through my inner thigh yeah the one like this right here. I'm oh, the, the sternum. Yeah. She yes. had one in her oh, sternum and her in her thighs. That killed me. On yeah. your boobs. I mean, it was just crazy pants. And when I was 14 years old, I would have done it. But I'll yeah. tell you now, I was like, nope, I'm okay. Thank you so much, though. Yeah, I'll just watch over photos, here. It was like for me. And you're just like, you're so strong. <laughs> and it's so crazy how we change because yeah. you can't, I can't say that I was wrong or that I don't like the person that I was before. But I also can't say that I'm wrong now and that I don't like the person that I am now. I think that our sexual yeah. preferences and orientations can change just as much as our identities. It's, it's wild. Right. And like, you know, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are really maybe ashamed or embarrassed or scared to explore the sexual sides of themselves um, yeah. for fear of what the world will think of. And I just have to Your say that they're might think they're other people, right? Friends, partners, etc. Yeah, not just the world, but like their closest community or their partner. Yeah, you yeah. know, How that's do I tell my partner that I want them to tie me up. Like that's that's a again vulnerability and possible rejection. Like mm-hmm. it's scary. And a lot of it too is not just hey, this is what I am, and I need you to accept it. A lot of it is this is what I want to try, and I have no idea if I'm gonna like it. Yeah. Can you tie me up? But if I say purple, purple, can we take me the fuck down because I don't like it? I don't want it. Yeah. That's so scary because processing with someone is so much more vulnerable than just telling them something that they may not like, which is already vulnerable. Yeah. Cause like, you know, not everyone is this way, but like for me, it takes so much trust. The same fiercer friend uh, says that trust is his kink. And I like love that, you know? And so for me, so much of my exploring the things that I was really terrified of was the trust I established with a partner that was where I could let go. It was the first time in my life that like my intrusive thoughts, because my obsessive compulsive disorder is sometimes, most times debilitating, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I have a lot of the pure O of OCD. So it's a lot of like mental compulsions and like reading and researching. And then the intrusive thoughts that almost always lead to death, right? So it's like super intense, but it was the first time in my life that like by trusting someone else and exploring something as like hardcore as the things that we did when it comes to like the stuff in BDSM that we liked, like it was a lot of the things that most of the time scared me that it was the first time my brain turned off and I I could just like be quiet. I never noticed that until uh, we were like a few months in and I realized that like the chatter was just gone. And whether that was just being around this person that I had this like amazing connection with that, that I couldn't 
to this day still explain, or it was the fact that like we were doing such intense things that I couldn't even think about anything else, which was just different to have like one thought in my head. <laughs> Beautiful. Congratulations yeah, for finding so therapeutic. Like kink yeah. is so therapeutic for me. I think I'm with your homie. I think trust is my kink. I went through a phase the past year or two where I was like sleeping with my friends, you know? <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that? I was like, hey, you're like some of my closest friends. I'm going to start sleeping with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. I probably shouldn't have done that. If they um, knew, right? I think like I think it's important that if they if you said this is what I need and as my friend, like I trust you, would you like to like get in my bed every so often? Like that's totally fine. That's how I in fact really processed a breakup where like my trust was incredibly betrayed when I found out the partner that I'd been with for two years cheated on me the entire time. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to be vulnerable with yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I sleep I think, with my friend? <laughs> I think mine was a bit different. I think I was just thought I was in love with all of them. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh my God, you're my friend and I trust you and I want to have sex with you now. I must be in love with you. Yeah, and yeah. then I was like, oh my bad. With consent and it, like full autonomy and agency that can be done in a in a way for everybody. So, totally. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, we had a great time, but I realized I thought that I was so attached and I thought that I was so um, attracted because this I trusted yeah. and because I had this trauma with my past relationship in 2017 where there was some there was something that wasn't trustworthy there I couldn't pinpoint it but it felt shady that finally when I had a relationship where I felt like there was no shade I was like well I'm gonna pounce on you now yeah yeah and I realized now two years later I'm like oh, okay so where's my middle ground where's like okay you're I don't want to sleep with you because just because I trust you and yeah. I'm not gonna sleep with you if I don't trust you and what now am I looking for? you know? Oh man. And trust and is something that's built, right? So it's like, how, <sighs> you know, for me, and then I'm not like this anymore because of health stuff, right? Like it's really difficult for me to get to a place where I feel comfortable just like jumping into bed with someone. But before it was like, I need to make sure that there's chemistry here. So, you know, the, the 19 year old me who was like, am I a three date person? Like, what am I? I'm like, no first date. Like I need to make sure that it, the chemistry is there. If we kiss and I'm not feeling it, goodbye. I, it doesn't matter that we just had a four hour date. And so, and it, if it got that far, you know, to me was like the thing that I had to double check before we went forward, before mm. I was right? So it's interesting because trust is built with time. It's like, you know, when you're rebuilding it, it's always like there's three steps when you're rebuilding trust. But to me in general, it's just the idea of like reliability. So it's like you say what you're going to do, you do what you said you were going to do, and then time. Like yeah. That's a lot of the rebuilding of trust, yeah. but just in general, trust takes time. And so- totally. One of the um, things now, like my desire for sex hasn't gone anywhere, right? But like the actual activity, even outside of COVID, I haven't been with a lot of folks the last couple of years because of health stuff, because that's complex in itself. And, and trust. Need, yeah. I need trust that like I'm vulnerable and you could take advantage. And one of the best things, you know, for someone who loved to just jump right in, um, one of my most recent partners, like in 2018, we waited like five weeks to have sex. And I had not waited that long to have sex with anybody since high school. Cute. So, like, like we, we did kinky stuff before we even had sex. You know, they slept in my bed the second date and we were naked, you know, going to sleep every night, but like we weren't getting down and dirty and like sexual because they needed to build that trust. And man, I mean, that sexual intensity, like that tension. I was love that. Oh, so good. But I 
I love we that. Built the emotional trust before we got to, or the emotional intimacy before we got to sexual intimacy. And that was fucking beautiful. So yeah, I feel like I'm in that place now. And I feel like I also had this moment where I was like, I need to know, right? If I have chemistry with this person. Now I feel like I can have chemistry with the wooden door, right? <laughs> if I'm, if I'm feeling into it, then I will make sure that we have chemistry. I feel like I have enough control over that now. Um, and I also, we have a friend, a mutual friend that you and I both know who he had a first night with a guy and was like, nope, nope, no chemistry. And then actually two friends recently have told me that their first night had no chemistry. And then over the past like six weeks, they've built a sexual chemistry, just yeah. like we, we build emotional trust. Yeah. So yeah, there's no right answer. That is like comfort, right? Like people are so awkward, you know, and they don't know how to talk about it. Like we've already talked about, you know, it's like just the fumbliness of like, if you have good sex on the first time, like it's only going to get better. If it was fumbly the first time, but you still want to know more about that person and to get to know them, like it can get better. Like just the idea. Or unless they're a one trick pony and the first time was great, but they don't know anything else. Oh yeah. They work. That exists too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I feel like in my relationships, the longer I'm with someone, the better the sex gets. Yeah. Yeah. It like it never teeters off. It only gets hotter and better. So let's just take a moment of silence to reminisce about all the past wonderful sexual partners we've had. I know. Yeah. (sighs) Listeners, I'm expecting you to do the same right now. Think of all your past sexual partners (laughs) and really just appreciate what you've had. Um, Put the rest aside. Man, I feel like we could talk about sexy stuff all day long. I really do enjoy it. Sorry if we've shared too much information with our listeners. I hope you really enjoyed all of uh, the the historic. <laughs> they, they know how to turn it off. <laughs> if they don't want to listen, we should not have family members listening anyways. <laughs> yeah, put that sign up one more time. Um, and we'll make sure to uh, post uh, a little censorship before we open it up next time. Thank you guys so much for listening yeah. and having some fun with us. Our radical beings are genuinely appreciative. So yeah. make sure to check us out on Instagram at your.radical.being. Send us a message. Put us in your story. Tell us what you think. Give us some constructive criticism. We can take <laughs> it. Um, and we'll be talking to you next time. So this is Fiona Renee and Amrapur Lakani signing off. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God.